0: I'm a handshake and tape. I'm a spud with a plan. I'm a miracle skater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up a golf. I'm doing the best I can. The Trump
1: day, yeah, yeah.
2: Welcome back to the Trump-tater. I'm going to start out with a. I wished I had some wonderful Trump-tater hot takes, but I'm just going to have to go for what I have because <laughs> just not a whole lot of news this morning of where we're going with this election. Uh, somehow, um, the Democrats were able to overcome a almost 800,000 lead that Trump had in Pennsylvania and then overcome the large lead he had in Georgia. I don't know for sure if there's cheating going on, but I just, uh, I can't help but imagine there has to be. And it sounds like I don't think Trump and them would be making the announcements that they're making right now if they didn't have something uh, to back those announcements up. It just seems really fishy, especially since Biden could not draw anyone to any campaign event online or in person, and uh, Obama wasn't even able to draw anybody to any campaign event uh, we picked up state houses and state Senate seats. We picked up in the, uh, the House and uh, maintained the Senate on a national level. All these things lead me to believe that uh, somehow they manipulated. And at one point, I, w- that, uh, I think in Pennsylvania or Michigan, one of the two, that there was 200,000 ballots that strictly had the presidential campaign on it for Joe Biden, which to me, that sounds a little fishy. So anyway, I don't know if that's so much a hot take this morning it just is where we're at on the election. So I'm very, very glad I gave myself a pep talk yesterday and the rest of whoever is listening to me about the maintaining a positive mental attitude, because we're certainly going to need one. As uh, I was raising my four children, I tried to pass on what I thought was the best coping mechanism that I learned as a child. They didn't always appreciate it, but, uh, and that is that life's not fair. And uh, so sometimes life's just not fair. <laughs> so I'll talk about what's going on with a nurse over in the UK, because this is something that I can connect with. So for anybody that happens to be listening today, I'm running on no sleep for two days straight because I brought my mother home from assisted living two days ago. And, uh, Anyway, she's been on hospice for a while, and she contracted the coronavirus from her hospice aide. And so I was given two choices. I was given a choice that she could go to a coronavirus facility in which I wouldn't be able to see her, and uh, that she would die alone, or I could bring her to my house. And so for the last two days, I've been taking care of her here. So I see this article that came up this morning, and it connected with me because there's a nurse over in the UK that's trying to bring her 97-year-old mother home from care, from a, a nursing facility, and she was arrested because of it, that she had gone the last eight months without seeing her mom. So I can relate to that because it was about six months and it was only through a lot of fighting after that that they finally let me in to start seeing my mother. And uh, I, I think I mentioned this the other day, I'd have to jump the fence to her balcony. I couldn't come in through the front doors and, and go in through her patio door. But I was grateful for that, to be able to do that for the last few weeks. Um, but I think that loneliness that these elderly people are, are filling. And it's not just that they can't see their family and friends. Uh, for the largest part of this, what I will call incarceration, um, they weren't even going to the dining hall facility together. They would have all the meals brought to their room uh, for almost four months, four and a half months that went on, maybe five months. It's, it was a long time. They weren't even able to have their hair done, and uh, so if you think for a lot of the elderly people, this is a a crucial part of the routine of having their hair done and keeping maintained. So again, there's all all these trade-offs when it comes to coronavirus, but this lady decided that she had had enough of the trade-off of not being able to see her mother and wanted to bring her home. And she was arrested. And I just think, where are we going in our society in which we can't take care of our, our parents, which we can't make the choice of, um, of what's best for our family? And I understand that we're not the UK, but we're not far behind the UK. So we need to, uh, we need to recognize this now, and we need to fight hard for our liberties Again, I don't know President Trump. I I believe still that uh, that he's going to win this, um, but we're going to have to fight hard to win it because it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a, a lot of discipline on our part of sticking this out with him. And uh, I can already see there's a few people uh, starting to cave. So anyway, call your legislatures, call your House and Senate members and tell them you want them to support President Trump in his fight to make sure we're protecting our voter uh, integrity. Because if this, if we, you know, if the only thing that we accomplish by fighting this is to ensure greater um, voter integrity, greater uh, transparency in this uh, counting of the ballots, I think it's uh, it's worth fighting for. But when they're not allowing Any oversight uh, in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and I think even some precincts in Georgia had the same problem and same with Nevada. Uh, That's a real problem. I feel like there should be video cameras set up that anybody can watch what's taking place inside uh, that gives complete view uh, to any population that wants to see how our votes are being tabulated and with today's technology, there's no reason that shouldn't be. It doesn't mean that there's not things that still can slip in the door. So you still need some on-site people that are watching what's coming in and out of the doors at these uh, voting, tab where they're tabulating the votes, wherever that may be. You need people that are watching, making sure, like over in Wisconsin and Michigan, we're in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning, Um A bunch more ballots showed up that uh, turned out to be almost 100% for Biden. So you need to watch from the outside, the integrity from the outside. You need to watch whatever trash is being removed from the facility and having access to any trash being removed from any of these facilities. And we need cameras within them. So anyway, but back to uh, the coronavirus and uh, taking care of my mother. So because she's on hospice, Uh, there's some limitations to the type of care she can get. Well, she's having a hard time staying uh, hydrated. So I I called them in the middle of the night and asked if uh, we can get her on some IV fluids. And now that's not part of hospice. They don't do IV fluids, but we're willing to pay for that uh, ourselves. And um, we just wanted some IV fluids administered to keep her um, hydrated. And so basically we were given the option that uh, if she we want hide, uh, her to stay hydrated via high, uh, IV fluids, we have to take her to the hospital and, and take her off hospice. So anyway, there's no, really no good options out there because uh, I'd be in the same boat as she goes to the hospital because I wouldn't be able to go in with her. And so just know that... Um, these are tough decisions. There's tough trade-offs, but the biggest trade-off I see taking place is our freedom where this lady cannot take her mother home with her. She's 97 years old. Um, I don't understand why they would not allow her to to bring her to their home and allow her to live there with her daughter who's willing to take care of her and, and let this woman be around her family the last days of her life. So I know that's been a great blessing for us that we're capable and able to have my mother at our home and and to to take care of her and to be able to spend these last days with with her and to to let her grandchildren come in, even though they can't get close to her, to be able to come in and, and give their last goodbyes. And uh, but I've been one from the very beginning, after a couple of months of her being in her assisted living facility, uh, believing that I'd rather her die of coronavirus than die of loneliness in her uh, assisted living room without anybody around her. So that reality is coming to pass. So anyway, we'll wrap this up when we come back on the the Trump Tater podcast in just a minute. welcome back to the Trump titter i'm jamie renda uh my partner in crime Dallin johnson is still out Uh, i'm broadcasting from my home so the the quality of this transmission is probably not quite as clear but i will be getting a new microphone tomorrow and so starting next week you'll have better sound but i just want to wrap up uh this segment on my mother and coronavirus. You know, they say that if you're willing to trade your your freedoms for safety, you'll end up with neither one. And uh, and so that's certainly it. I mean, my mother we were traded her freedom for her safety, and uh, it, it does not always work out that way. And I appreciate the people that my mother's assisted loving. They're not. They were only going by the state guidelines and what the state told them they had to do. So I don't blame them. Uh, I think it puts them at a horrible place because they see these elderly people and they see the heartache that's taken place within these assisted living and nursing homes. Uh, A lot of these elderly people don't understand and don't have the cognitive function to, to know why their loved ones are no longer coming to see them. And, uh, just that human connection again, that, you know, that we're almost being told that we should be prepared for a long-term prospect of not having that human connection and the no handshakes, the no hugs, the turning our cheek to the other direction as we pass by someone no longer being able to smile and say hello or good morning. Um, You know, I just, that's not the kind of world I want to live in. And uh, so my mother for the last eight months, has been a prisoner to her little assisted living facility, and for the first five months of that uh, was basically a prisoner to her room because she could not leave her room or go into the dining room and have meals with her, her friends even at the facility. So all that in the, in the name of safety to prevent her from getting coronavirus. And yet we find ourselves in the place in which uh, we had to bring her home because we're given two choices, and that is to put her in a coronavirus facility where she would not be able to see any of us as she passes away or to, or to bring her home. So that's what we chose to do. And I'm glad that I had that freedom to do that and that I was in a place in my life that I'm able to do that. Um, but back to the, the lady in England. Uh, we don't want to get to the place where the UK is. And I, I think I may have mentioned this. If, if for those of you who heard BBC came and did an interview with me at my store, because at my store I have this big banner that says we love and support our president. He's the top tater. And when they came here for the vice presidential debate, they were looking for business owners and people who actively and openly supported the president. And so they came to my business and, uh, so we sat down, they stayed about three hours and I need to post this on my website too. But the British, this uh, BBC reporter and the cameraman took their pictures with my Trump tater. So if you haven't seen the Trump tater, get online at uh, the Trump com or follow us on Facebook. Uh, not really good at social media, just learning these things. But uh, anyway, you, I'll post the pictures, of the BBC reporter, but she was just hugged the little Trump tater which really surprised me. But the, she found it, it was so affectionate <laughs> with my character that I have. But we talked after for a while. And one of the BBC reporters was from England. The other one's from here in the United States. And uh, I said something about, you know, she asked me why I did it, if it was worth the trade-off of some of the hate that I received. And I said, well, I'll look at it this way, that if Trump's not reelected, that we're going to lose our freedom of speech to the point where the UK is at right now. And I said, I understand that y'all don't have the same freedoms and freedom of speech and things as we do. And she looked at me and she said, how so? And uh, like surprised that I felt like there was a difference. And I brought up the fact of the uh, the comedians in Australia a few years ago that played the practical joke on uh, on the Queen of England calling up when her daughter-in-law, her um, yeah daughter-in-law, no, granddaughter-in-law. Was uh, in the hospital giving birth, and anyway, it was kind of a practical joke that they were. Uh, they called the hospital and said they were the queen, something along that line. Anyway, they were kicked off the radio, the radio program. One of them later committed suicide. Uh, so, and that's just one example. There's many examples of the, the limited speech that uh, people in Great Britain and the United Kingdom have, and they probably have far greater speech than in other countries, obviously, but no one understands the freedom of speech until you have it taken away and in the last few years we've definitely have had our speech altered but one of my favorite people that I listen to podcast listeners is dr jordan peterson a canadian psychologist who would not describe himself as a conservative but a liberal but a traditional liberal but he stood up against canada a couple of years ago when they were going to force speech and force Make it a criminal um, criminal activity if you did not use the right gender pronouns uh, for people who identified other than a he and a she. And uh, and his his point of view on this was that you know it's one thing having hate speech laws where things that you did say could be criminal, but it's another thing having mandatory speech and forced speech that's criminalized. So in Canada, also part of the United Kingdom, uh, um, again, their freedom of speech is quite limited. And we're seeing this creep into, into America at a, at, a fast, at a fast and furious uh, pace yeah, in California and other places that have already put some things into their state laws on this. So anyway, I'm just talking the kind of the difference that we're going to be looking at between Joe Biden's America and Donald Trump's America. And Donald Trump's America definitely will uphold the constitution as we know it today. It will hold up our first amendment free speech. It'll hold up our second amendment right to bear arms, uh, right of, you know, uh, freedom from illegal searches. I mean, there's multiple things that I think we just take for granted in our constitution. Joe Biden's America wants to rewrite our constitution. They see it as antiquated and, uh, so I, I just, again, I know I'm just one voice and I, I don't know how many people I reach. I've been told I reach a thousand to 1500 a day, but that thousand 1500 days, if you're downloading this or if you're listening to it live, your voice can also maybe reach, you know, 30, 40, 50 people a day uh, through your social medias, through your phone book, through uh, people you come into contact with. And, uh, have them, you know, talk to them about the Constitution. I mean, I know Donald Trump isn't perfect. I personally think he's pretty darn close, though. Uh, so anyway, there's a big difference between the two Americas. And so anybody that just feels like Joe Biden's this nice, fluffy character, he's not. He's a criminal. He sold out our country to China and to Russia and to Ukraine so he could profit his family. Um, and he will be controlled by the far left and Scarier than that, I think he's going to be controlled by our FBI. I mean, why in the hell did they hold on to Hunter Biden's laptop for a year, knowing the type of information that was on there, and did not bring that information forward, even when President Trump was being impeached for trying to hold the Bidens accountable. And, uh, and they do this so they have control over whoever's in office. And uh, they didn't have that type of control over Donald Trump. And so... That is why I think Donald Trump has fought Democrats, Republicans, our intelligence communities, and uh, our media it is because he not he cannot be controlled. So anyway, there's a there's a big difference between the two Americas, and so we really have to decide which America we want to be part of. And I believe that most Americans, the majority of Americans chose the Donald Trump's America, our freedoms and the ability to choose what's best for us and our families and a economy that will allow us to provide for ourselves and not be dependent upon the government. And so we need to fight hard for this. When Joe Biden could not draw a crowd of more than 20 people and Obama, not much different than that as he's out campaigning, the majority of Americans, 70, 70 million Americans did not come out and vote for Joe Biden this election. So Please stand by our president and fight with him to hold our to hold our elections accountable and to keep integrity in our voting process we'll be back with the Trump tutor.
4: Radio News with Lance Pride.
3: Vladimir Putin is planning to step down as Russia's president next year amid growing fears for his health. The claim is made by Moscow political scientist Valery Soloviai. In the paper, The Son Soloviai also said the Russian leader's girlfriend and his two daughters are pushing him to leave office. There's speculation Putin has contracted Parkinson's disease from medical people watching videos on Putin's recent public appearances. Russian lawmakers are also considering legislation proposed by Vladimir that would grant all future Russian ex-presidents life Time immunity from criminal prosecution election officials in several states said thursday they are worried about their safety of their staffs amid a stream of threats and gathering of angry protesters outside their doors joe gloria the register of voters in clark county said i can tell you that my wife and my mother are very concerned for me while the protests have not been violent or very large local officials were distressed by the crowds and concerned about the relentless accusations usa radio news
1: When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. H policy points and availability vary by state.
3: Texas police have made an arrest in the fatal shooting of actor Eddie Hassel in Dallas last weekend. Grand Prairie police say they arrested 18-year-old Dejon Antone on a capital murder charge Wednesday in Dallas, according to the Associated Press. Hassel was best known for roles in NBC's Surface and 2010's Oscar-nominated The Kids Are All Right. He was also in the 2017 films Oh Lucy and Bomb City. Police spokesman Mark Besita said he was a victim of Wrong Place, Wrong Time. The United States has set a record for the number of new coronavirus cases in a single day, recording more than 100,000 on Thursday. The number of hospitalized patients or those that have died were not included in the report by the New York Times. Denmark State Serum Institute, which deals with infectious diseases, has found mink related versions of coronavirus in 214 people since June. That's according to a report on its website Thursday. One strain of the mutated coronavirus, which has prompted Denmark to wipe out its entire herd of mink, has, however, only been found found in 12 people on 5 mink farms USA Radio News
2: Welcome back to The Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda. And just want to remind our audience what a Trump Tater is. So this is important as I go through the rest of what I have planned today because yesterday I talked about uh, maintaining a positive attitude and the steps that we can do to maintain a positive attitude. So probably going to be revisiting that on a regular basis for a while until this election is settled. Um, but a Trump Tater uh, – I own a baked potato restaurant in Ogden, Utah, Brixton's Baked Potato. So if you want to come in for the best baked potato and you're in the area, try Brixton's Baked Potato in Ogden, Utah. But people were coming in and they're calling Trump a Trump-tater like a dictator. When I, And uh, that was on various social media things. And I had somebody mention it. Uh, to me there. And I thought, you know, I can't, I can't let that definition stand because I love potatoes and I love Trump. So I went through a few different artists and uh, had this little cute character. I told him I want a character that's like SpongeBob, that it's kind of a simple little character, but that, that whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, you could love the character so I had this character drawn after about four artists and got the little character out of my mind because I'm not very artistic, artistic at all. And this is probably the most creative thing I've ever done is create this Trump Tater character. Um, but and I thought, well, what is a Trump Tater? So I look up the word Trump in the dictionary and Trump means to outclass, outshine, outperform, to defeat someone or something. It means a dependable and exemplary person. So, if you add the suffix on it, aider, uh, it means a person who has the attributes of the word before. So, a trump tater is someone who has those attributes that's going to outclass, outshine. And that's who we all have to be right now. We have to be trump taters. And uh, that's also the name that in the, the vernacular I want to change. So, when people look back in Trump and 10 years, 20 years, they're going to think, yeah, he was a Trump-tater. and People who emulate his style are going to be referred to as Trump-taters. So we need to emulate uh, the message of a Trump-tater in our lives. And if you look at the people with this ideology, if you will, that they're trying to tell us it is, of Antifa and these Marxist leftists, they're so filled with hate. We don't ever want to allow that type of hate to enter our hearts. We don't want to allow the anger of this unfair situation to make us, um, unhappy people. Uh, it just, it's just not a place we want to go. So we just got to remember that every day that, uh, we want to be uplifting. We want to be someone who's going to outclass and outshine. And, uh, sometimes life's just not fair. And, uh, And it's just the way it is. But that doesn't mean that we don't have control over our feelings, over our attitude and the way we're going to display our lives out there. So anyway, I want to uh, talk about, again, Joe Biden's America. So Antifa, this, quote, ideology that FBI Director Ray would have us believe that it is, which and Mitt Romney's never condemned this ideology, even if it's not, quote, a group which it really is a group and they're very well funded and very well organized. But even if it's an ideology, you think that there would be condemnation of the ideology, but no, we don't see any combination from Moron Mitt here in the state of Utah against Antifa. And we don't see any combination really from even the FBI director Ray on this evil ideology. So this evil ideology happened to form, form last night in a group of you know, I don't know how many, but from the way I I see it in these pictures, several dozen who decided that they would break out the windows of this church in Portland. And there's a homeless man curled up in a little ball outside this church. and, And they just are able to walk by, ignore him and proceed to break the windows of this church. And, uh, And then at one point, uh, somebody noticed or pays attention to the homeless man and they chase him away And uh, as he's terrified. And to make matters worse, this particular church that they decided to destroy was a church that took care of the homeless in the area and uh, fed them and sheltered them. And so they, they break down the windows and they go in to vandalize this church. Uh, this type of hatred, this type of uh, just pure evil. I mean, what purpose does that serve? Uh, I mean, it's very easy to, to, I should say easy. I mean, hopefully it's not so easy because we can't afford to go there. But to tear things down, that takes no effort. To build things up, to create a, a better society, to create a church that you're able to provide for the homeless, that to to reach out and to get volunteers to come in and help take care of the homeless. That's building what these evil people are doing with this evil ideology that happens to be well-funded, well-organized, and is a group. Uh, They dress alike. They maintain. They carry the same equipment. They have the same protocols, no matter what state this evil group goes to. Uh, And they're destructive. They cause mayhem. And so the Democrats ask themselves, what happened? Why did we lose seats in the house? How did we not get the Senate? How did we lose these seats in the state house elections? Did we go too far to the left? (laughs) And again, did you go too far to the left? Well, let's think about that. I mean, I just, that, that question just amazes me that they would even have to ask themselves, did we go too far? Well, yes, you did go too far. And, uh, And why you would even want to go too far. I I just don't even know why they entertain that to the point. And I can see if there's a few radicals there, you know, that went really far to the left. But the rest of these Democrats, and normally I would say, you know, I think there's good people on both parties. But they've sat silent. They've been silent and they've let their party be overtaken by these thugs, these people that want to destroy America, that want us to become a socialistic nation, that want... To allow the, this Marxist tactics to overtake our cities, to destroy our property, to destroy our our buildings, our police precincts. And the Democrats are quiet. They say nothing. And, uh, and there's some Republicans that have been very quiet, too. Example, Mitt Romney from Utah, or Moron Mitt from Utah. And I think, what is their purpose? And I think it all goes back, and I used to think this was conspiracy theory this one world government, and but it's not. <laughs> that is what they want. They want a one world government. They don't want each country to have the autonomy. They want no borders. Um, they want an elite group of leaders on a, on a worldwide basis that control and dominate uh, the people throughout the world. And the problem with America is that we have freedoms. Uh, We've taken our freedoms extremely for granted, but we've had freedoms and when they're revoked, we will feel them. Uh, And we also had a high standard of living. And so about 10 years ago, uh, I was telling my daughter, you know, she was asking, I I can't remember exactly what was going on at that time, but something was going on. And I have to really think back because so much has happened in the last 10 years and the world has gone at such a fast pace in the direction that uh, that has landed us to where we're at. But uh, I was just talking about, you know, the whole life is unfair concept to her, and uh, on a worldwide basis, I said, you know, it isn't fair. You know, America is a great nation, and we do we're, we're very blessed. But I said, what makes America different than many of these countries that are not as uh, that don't have our freedoms and don't have our, our economic lifestyle is that we have a rule of law. That rule of law allows us for economic prosperity, and when you don't, when you don't have that rule of law, you you don't have the ability to formulate a society that you can have economic prosperity on. And uh, so anyway, in order to bring. Um, our standard of living down, you heard the rhetoric of Obama during his last term in office that these jobs ain't coming back, that we're headed to a new normal, meaning that America's not going to be quite as great and uh, economically privileged as she once was. And uh, that was their intent. and then lo and behold comes Donald Trump and his magic wand, and we bring manufacturing jobs back. We bring freedom and independence back to people who want to provide for their families. And that want the integrity of working, and we have the best economy we've ha- ever had. The unemployment rates were the lowest they've ever been for every American, not just uh, for uh, Caucasians or or Asians. I mean, every every um, race was impacted with good jobs and good entrepreneurship. Lowest black unemployment. Lowest Hispanic unemployment. Uh, we were headed for more greatness, as, as his slogan was, uh, slogan was Make America Great Again. And uh, he accomplished his vision and his enthusiasm and positivity. Uh, so he was able to project what he saw America to be. So, regardless of how this election turns out, we need to keep that thought process in our heads that it's through the optimism, it's through a positive vision that we will be able to move forward as Americans and to keep our country great and to maintain maintain our freedoms that we have. So again if I, I apologize if I'm going off on this lecture, uh, it just breaks my heart where we're headed, but I think we can all work together to to maintain America.
3: Back mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage NMLS ID One Two Eight Two Three One Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 85-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions.
5: You see it on TV every day: global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low, and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year, and that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above two point nine nine percent. Call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to cashcallmortgage.com or call 800 299 1364. That's 800 299 1364. 800 299 1364. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash joe carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y.
1: Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com.
2: The Trump Tater, this hour has gone by fast, and uh, I'm, as I mentioned the first part of the, of the day, I'm, I'm two days without very much sleep, so hopefully I sound articulate and you can understand my messaging here. A couple of other things I want to touch on, again, I always want to give a shout out to our police department. Our police, um, again, as I mentioned as I was talking to my daughter, what allows America to, to ha- have become the great society that we are is that we believe in law and order, that uh, we have a, a contract with one another of how we're going to live our lives and that we're going to respect each other's property and that we're going to respect the common laws that we agree upon. And when you lose that, you lose a society. And, uh, and you see that in Portland. You see that in these crazy cities that are on fire, all democratic cities, I just want to remind you. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about something that happened to one of our police officers and uh, just the way that people feel like they can openly abuse our police, just, you know, you know, they want police to have all these protocols in place and to de-escalate, and they want police to be able to always show respect, but we don't want to as a society to enforce that that mutual respect is shown back to our police officers. And so time and time again, we've watched our police officers be in um, Verbally abused, physically abused, and uh, and they're supposed to just somehow take that. So, this is in New York the night before last. And uh, a woman is without a mask, mind you, a liberal woman without a mask is just berating this police officer. And she gets right into his face and uh, he kind of tells her to back off. And then she spits on him in a time of coronavirus no mask and she spits on the police officer. Well, he, he lost it at that point, And I think he had every right to lose it because this is a, a threat of his life. Uh, Just the fact that she's breathing on him and in his face and within his space yelling and uh, shouting profanities with no mask on and uh, not within that distance in which her, um, particles of her breath aren't impacting him and but then she took it that step further and spit on him and uh this is just unfortunately symbolic of where these and antifa marxist socialists feel like they can be and we as a society have to stand up and say this isn't acceptable that if we want police officers who are going to act with Respect. If we're going to have such a high standard, which I believe we need to have for our police officers, then we need to have a high standard of how people treat our police officers as well. And uh, so that—that's just one story I wanted to bring up on on where we are in our society, and again, another part of Joe Biden's world that we're going to be part of if uh, if he does end up ultimately getting the presidency. Even though I I truly believe in my heart he did not win this. So if he ends up getting it, it's going to be because of fraud and deceit, and we're going to have to dig deep within ourselves, and uh, and pull together as a people, and uh, and really fight for our freedoms, and and do so in a. In a way that's not that we're not going to go down to their level, so it's not going to be an easy process if if Joe Biden wins because there's so so much at stake. But uh, so now I'm going to shift back to my thoughts. Yesterday we're going to be positive because I'm putting out that negative energy out there. So I want to project what I want to see happen. I feel like President Trump's a fighter that he did win this race and uh, that he's going to give it everything he has. Uh, in order to secure this election in the behalf of the American people. Lindsey Graham did win the election in South Carolina. I used to not like Lindsey Graham. He was a good friend of John McCain. I didn't think very much of him. But after President Trump won, and, and uh, he's actually been a very good supporter of President Trump. Um, however, I don't feel he used his position in the Senate to hold people accountable uh, and now we're going to have a little bit more narrow margins in the Senate. Uh, I think we're going to end up losing one seat, and so it's going to produce a little bit more narrow margins. So we're going to need Susan Collins and and Mitt Romney and uh, oh, what's the senator from Alaska, uh, Lisa Murkowski? Uh, these three questionable uh, senators. We're going to need them on board. And Mitt Romney is the one that last time when we, the Senate wanted to. Uh, bring in people uh, on the Hunter Biden scandal before we knew exactly how bad it was. Mitt Romney is the one that prevented subpoenas to going out. So we in Utah are going to need to really hold Mitt Romney accountable so that we can get some justice in on some of this corruption that's taken place within our government. Uh, but Mitt Romney, uh, not Mitt Romney, I'm sorry, Lindsey Graham seems to be coming out fighting after this win. He's acknowledged that it was only because of President Trump that he won his seat back in South Carolina. And it was because of President Trump that we maintained all of our House seats that we had in. Uh, we had Republicans vacate, but we had new Republicans that were filling them. And also that we won some house seats back. Uh, It was because of president Trump that we picked up seats in different house legislative uh, legislatures. And um, so we all need to, I'm hoping to see all these legislators back president Trump because he carried the ticket for Republicans at a time that we were anticipated to lose seats in the house and to maybe lose control of the Senate And so I have no doubt you can't carry the house. You can't carry the Senate and you can't increase all these seats on state house legislatures without uh, winning yourself. And so these are fraudulent, uh, fraudulent counts. There's been some real uh, voter fraud taking place. And uh, I don't say that lightly. I just, uh, we can't allow it to happen. And so we've got to put in preventative measures. So, if the best case scenario is President Trump fights this, he ends up winning, and there's accountability to be held for this election cycle. And uh, but regardless, if he wins or doesn't win, we have to we have to be able to fight this voter corruption so it cannot happen into, into the future. So there's, there's many ways President Trump can still win. So we're going to keep that positive thought. I'm going to go out on a positive thought that uh, I'm projecting that he still will win. It's not going to be an easy fight, and we're going to have to be patient, and we're going to have to stick by him and, uh, and not be deterred by the media, not be deterred by some of our rhino Republicans that are going to, be all hunky-dory about one kumbaya moment on all of us coming together and supporting uh, Joe Biden. Um, Let's be patient. Let's let this work its way through the courts. Uh, Let's let full investigations go on into what's happening in these precincts that they would not allow any oversight. Uh, Let's investigate the allegations that are out there with our post office on changing ballot dates. Let's investigate and see and go out to the trash dumpsters and where this trash has been hauled off to and see if there's ballots that have been thrown out. Uh, let's look at video footage and um, of cars coming in late at night uh, to these precincts and places that they're counting these ballots uh, to make sure that there's not more ballots that have been taken to different precincts. I mean, let's have a full-on investigation to how bad the fraud is, how far it extended, and what areas. Uh, and then let's also push for uh, federal clarification that, yes, states, it is a state's rights to uh, figure out how they're going to conduct their election, but we need at least some minimal federal um Mandates And part of that is that election day is election day and it doesn't extend beyond election day on a federal level because that's something that impacts all of us. We can't have one standard apply in California and another standard apply in Utah um, that, that undoes our ability to impact that election. So we need some national guidelines. And I, I believe what's wrong with a fingerprint, a thumbprint um, to have on the outside of your ballot um that will ensure voter integrity uh, specifically at our, our national elections but even in what's some of the, like the state of California there's been a lot of people cheated out of seats because of ballot harvesting and and, and uh, other questionable uh, techniques that have been used on impacting voter suppression and uh, So anyway, we have a lot of work to do, but let's again remember as we go into this weekend and we see how this election's shaping up and shifting that we need to hold out hope and that we need to be patient and we need to offer prayers and positive energy that things are going to pull out and work out good for America. And and we need to email and, and send letters of support to President Trump and put out that positive energy. How he continues to fight this fight day in and day out on behalf of American people amazes me. But let's all gear up and be ready to fight and offer whatever we're capable of. Donate money to this cause. Keep them in your prayers. Put out positive energy and just believe and have faith. And we'll be back Monday on The Trump Tater.